All right, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Let's Talk Soca with yours truly, DJ Jal, out of the Soca Analyst team right now. Gotta love everyone in the chat, so let's join in, join in. Join in the chat, say goodnight, hi party, how's everything? Let's give some waves, some waves. All right, so coming up, we have a very special guest tonight on the Live Love Soca channel. Uh, out to the Bahamas, there's this awesome artist called Wendy. She's been making waves in the Bahamas for a long time now, and we would love to get to know her just a little bit, talk to her. She has a lot of nice music, a lot of upcoming things going on. So if you know you have your questions, if you know you want to say something, and you know you want to talk to Wendy, just make sure you leave it in the question box right there um, as we wait for our guests to arrive. Let's see where Wendy is. Hello. All right. Hello. Good night. Hi. Good night. How are you doing, Wendy? I'm so good, Jell. Hello to everybody. Thank you, Live Love Soca. Hello to all the Live Love Soca fans. What's up, guys? Everything cool. How's everything with you, Wendy? Everything is good. Everything is, you know, we're making it. Um, trying to make the best out of what's going on in the world, uh, trying to stay positive, trying to keep our spirits up, and I'm trying right. to push this music. <laughs> right, and I know you're working on a, a lot of projects. Um, I myself have had a couple of your songs on repeat for the past couple of weeks to get me through the quarantine. Thank you but, so um, much. Tell us, what's it like in the Bahamas? What's the, the whole vibe? Um, well, you know, the Bahamas is just like any other Caribbean island, any other West Indian island. They're very laid back. The two of us sipping, that's really, yes, exactly. that's really what it's about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. I love the Bahamas. I love the people. They're very hospitable. We're friendly. We're very small. So we have about 300,000 people, Bahamian citizens. So very, very tiny group of people. And it's just beautiful being Bahamian. You know, it's just gorgeous. Um, we live great. I mean, of course, we have our challenges like every other island, but I love it. Right. And I mean, it, it just goes to show, I think that um, Bahamians has this very vibrant spirit. And you guys are very um, resilient, is what I'm looking for. Yes, so, we are Wendy. resilient. Definitely. So, Wendy, tell us, how did you get started as an artist in this industry? I have been singing since before I know myself. Um, my dad always tells the story that at two years old, he recognized that I could hold a tune, hold a note. And my first professional singing performance was at four years old. I sang at my wow. preschool graduation. Yes, four years old. I sang at my preschool graduation. And I just would always sing. I would always sing at political events, churches, church events. I just was the singer. I just never thought that I was going to make it my professional career. I didn't think it was something I was going to be doing to make money. So I decided that after I got my first degree in biochemistry and I was about to go off to UWI Jamaica to study pre-med. And that's when I got the epiphany that, you know, I'm going to do music. Um, I had the full support of my parents. 
And then I went off to Berklee College of Music to study music business and voice. Wow, what a journey there. From studying pre-med to going into artistry and entertainment. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I must say, I mean, I'm actually really happy that you took that step into becoming an artist, you know. I know that it's very hard when you have West Indian parents that may have one vision for you or one dream to jump into something that's completely different yeah. from, you know, what's the traditional norm or considered a safe job. And, you know, definitely as Caribbean people, the non-traditional careers are difficult and it's hard to get that past your parents. So I was so happy that they were supportive. Like my dad would always say, Wendy, your gift will make room for you. You know, that's a biblical statement. It will bring you before kings and queens. And it really has done that. It really has paved the way for me to see the world and touch so many people and, um, of course, make a living. Definitely. And I mean... Like I said, we're really happy that you've, you've taken that jump and that leap to do it. So um, for those in the chat that's now joining in, we're inside with Wendy out of the Bahamas. She's a soca singer that's doing amazing things right now. And Wendy, we know that you're a Bahamian ambassador, right? Yeah. know that you love Bahamas to your heart. Your heart and I, soul. I mean, I don't have no other choice. This is, this is where God put me. This is where I live. My passport say Bahamas. Um, to be called a Bahamian ambassador, I, I don't know if I could really be called that, but I guess anybody that carries the flag of a country on their back, um, I don't so much think about it in that way. I just am Bahamian. I grew right. up here. I was born here. I've lived on many of the family islands. I know how to catch fish. I know how to catch crab. I know how to gut fish. I run on the rocks on the beach. You know, so I'm really an island girl. Um, so to be called a Bahamian ambassador is quite an honor. Definitely. So on that topic, though, of the Bahamas and, you know, your upbringing, one thing that but the Bahamas is popularly known for is rake and scrape. And I know that you coming up in the industry, you dabbled a little bit in it, and it's in some of your soca songs. For those of us watching you live and in the chat, could you briefly tell us what is rake and scrape? All right, so rake and scrape is the official genre of the Bahamas. It is a part of our traditional genres, okay? Um, like how, you know, Jamaica is synonymous with reggae, the Bahamas, our genre of traditional folk music is rake and scrape. We also have another genre called junkanoo music, and those differ in the cadences of the drum beats and the type of instrumentation used. Rake and scrape you have to make sure you have a saw, like a machete or a cutlass, and you use some type of screwdriver, some type of metal, and you scrape it. So you scrape in it, so it's rake and scrape. And it was birthed out of country music, you know, combining country music and storytelling with the Calypsonian sound, and, and that's, that's kind of what rake and scrape is. Nice, and I gotta say, it's such a beautiful sound too. And I think it's one of those things that I think any, where any Bohemian goes, it's very distinctive. Very distinctive. Rake and spray for a Bohemian is, is very unique and it's a feeling. It's more than just the song that's being sung. It's literally the music. You hear it, you know it before the artist even says a lyric, you notice rake and scrape. It's, um, you know what a regatta is? Do everyone on the chat know what a regatta is? No? Not exactly. <laughs> so regattas are festivals of sailing on the ocean. Oh, yes. Yes. So 
in our country, so we have many islands. A lot of people don't know that. Sometimes they think the Bahamas, they think one land mass. We have 700 islands and keys, and I think about 15 of our islands are inhabited. So on these different islands, we have what are called regattas and homecomings. Um, so that's where if you are from um, one of these islands and you may have moved to New Providence, which is the main city, you would then go back home, homecoming, and there's this celebration of partying, uh, drinking, concerts. They even have gospel concerts. They have fairs, and they also have regattas, which are the boat sailings and the racings. And we actually have a Grammy. It's, uh, not a Grammy. It's me a Grammy. We have an Olympic medal in sailing, actually, our country. Um, and that's wow. the music that's played at regattas and homecoming. So it evokes an actual feeling. It's not just the sound. It evokes a feeling. Nice. And I must say, I mean, it seems pretty serious, but also pretty deeply rooted in the culture, which I like. I think that um, all of us here at Live Love Suka, we do what we do for the culture of the music and where it comes from. There so, are definitely some hardcore rake and scrapers in our country. I'm not considered a rake and scrape artist. I'm right. considered a pop artist in my country um, because I do jump canoe, I do pop, I also do soca. But the real um, rake and scrape is more of a folk. It's more like folk music. Um, right. So that's like hardcore rake and scrapers. That's a serious thing. Right, right, right. And, um, you know, to that point, bringing it back to you as an artist and, you know, dabbling in the pop and dabbling in the soca. I noticed too that the Bahamas recently, they launched their own carnival back in 2015, if I'm correct. Absolutely. We're very, very new to the carnival scene, new to the carnival circuit, though we are not new to Soka. Um, we just started our carnival. It's very young. We're five years old. We missed this year, of course. Uh -huh. The only people who had carnival was Trinidad. Uh, right? Somewhat. I mean, there's, yeah. Trinidad, Martinique, Haiti, Brazil, and so Dominica. I if I I'm... didn't know. That's a lot. I need to stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it happens. Um, large up to everyone who actually got to go to Carnival this year. Um, but on a real, I was really looking forward to the Bahamas Carnival as well. I know a lot of Bahamians were and a lot of tourists and foreigners were. So we're Yeah, Bahamas Carnival is unique. Um, we're placed really well. We're sent, I wouldn't say centrally located, but we're in a geographical position where lots of people can get to us from the US. So if you couldn't make that trip all the way down to Trinidad or all the way down to Jamaica, and let's say you live in Atlanta, you could get a direct flight, right. you know, from Atlanta or from Houston right to the Bahamas and you have that island feeling. I don't know about y'all, but I've done carnivals in the US and it, it just ain't the same. Like, I feel like carnivals belong on islands. And so if you really want that island feel, you can come to the Bahamas just much closer. Um, and we have, we're really trying to establish and develop our thing on the circuit. You know, we're brand new, a lot of growing to go, but we've really grown by leaps and bounds. Our costumes are beautiful because we are birthed out of junkanoers. And junkanoers are builders. We build the most beautiful costumes and pieces I've ever seen in my life. And you really see that craftsmanship in our costumes on the road. So. Y'all have to come to Bahamas Carnival. Next year, we'll be doing two carnivals in one <laughs> <laughs> to, make up for, to make up for 2020. 
Nice, and I think we will have to frequent some of that. So all of us at Live Love Soka, we might take a plane down and come to the Bahamas and Lima Gym. Yes. Yes. But on the note of carnivals, I realized too that you're someone going through, you know, Instagram and Facebook and stuff. You're someone that actually frequents another popular carnival within the region, uh, Trinidad and Tobago Carnival. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us, what was your first experience like? in uh, Trinidad and Tobago for Carnival. So I was introduced to Carnival by my best friend, Chrissy. She's Trini, um, right. she's from Canada, and we met at Berkeley College of Music. She was my roommate, became my best friend. And at that point, I did not know anything about Carnival. I didn't know anything about Carnival. I knew about soca music, but only what I heard from Bahamian radio, which was not a whole hell of a lot. Because Bahamas right. at that time was more about reggae and hip-hop right so this was years ago and so she took me to my first carnival in trinidad she didn't even warm me up you know you would think i would go to like a smaller carnival she took me to this place where there's millions of people fattening in the streets and i was like what what is going on here lord what is going on and my i have this memory so she was playing mass i wasn't playing mass because i didn't know what's going on um but i was on the truck with africa the band africa and right. that was one of the years they won and they were dressed in like traditional African costumes or whatever. And I just remember for breakfast at like 6 a.m., I was like, why are these people waking up so early to go party? What is this? Having corn soup and Johnny Walker. The magical combination, eh? Only Trinis could drink Johnny Walker like that, you know. I, something, something wrong with y'all. I'm serious, because like y'all would drink Johnny Walker any time of the day and she didn't warn me it was too much for me to handle like i was just like oh my god so to this day i don't i don't do drug walker anymore but i just remember thinking oh my god this is a lot at 7 a.m but like i had such a fantastic time and then i went every year after that and i played mass and i really got to learn the culture and when i came back to the bahamas of course i was like itching more soca music and at that time we didn't have our we didn't have no carnival we were more into reggae so we would have um, one radio station that would play an hour of soca called the guinness hour at four hey. o'clock and that sounds like vibes that's it that's it and like i would be at parties and i'd be at the club trying to repress soca music and anybody playing it you know um so what i did is i joined the band visage visage band bahamas which is a soca band here in the Bahamas. It's the top soca party band. Um, and I would follow them everywhere because at their performances, they played soca. They played new soca, they played old soca. They were the trendsetters. And I joined the band um, for my love of soca and Caribbean music. And that's kind of where Wendy, the artist that you know today, got her start. Nice. Um, tied it very good there together. Um, what I will say to that, in terms of your experience working in a band, what was that like? Was it like a lot of teamwork? Was it about sharing the spotlight? Shed some light for someone who, I guess, is an aspiring artist and trying to figure out if they should take the solo path or the band path. If you have a choice between being a solo artist and being in a band and you're a new artist, take the band. Being in a band is such perfect training ground for your artistry. It allows you to grow in your artistry with the comfort of camaraderie, 
with the comfort of mentorship from persons who are in the band who've been in the industry longer um and it allows you to get on stage and make mistakes and your mistakes are kind of like hidden because you have other band members like anyone any solo artist will tell you when you're on stage alone it's scary but the moment you're on stage even if it's just with your dancers or whatever it becomes a little bit more comfortable so there's a comfort in being in a band that um i would suggest for new artists as they grow in their artistry and they really hone in on the type of artist they are um and that's what i was able to do in massage like that that is what grooms me it was really like a school um for performing and as far as being in a band especially if it's like a like a high energy band that's where you're right. going to build your stamina to be able to sing and and dance and jump up and still be on key and be in shape all of this stuff is work and being in a band is it's perfect training ground for that wow it sounds like a lot of juggling too now that you say it <laughs> yes you got to be fit especially if you're doing soca music you can't just be jumping up and down singing and you're not on key no you got to be fit that's that's core work that's um correct breathing it is work it is work like a dancer doesn't just go on stage and start dancing when you look in the corner before they go on stage they are stretching and they have already rehearsed their choreo cuz they want to make sure that they that their muscles are healthy and that they can get the job done and not be super winded so they should put on a great show right and i'll even say to that point as a entertainer such as myself we just don't go out there and dj we we have to practice our stuff and 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 figure out if i get in a jam like if i get in a in a in a bad spot let's say i'm i'm djing and i realize that the crowd is is not feeling it what do i do you have to practice these different tactics to make sure that your performance artistry is up to par right great um so to that point now you're in the band you're coming up and you know you learn a lot of the ins and the outs what would you say is some challenges that you faced while coming up in the industry I face a lot of challenges coming up in the industry um from and and there are different different segments there's the challenge of being in a male dominated industry so being a woman there's the challenge of um doing soca in a in a in a space where no one is looking at the Bahamas for soca that's a huge challenge um and then there's also the challenge of the Bahamas not being a country that has millions of people to support me like Right. The Bahamas our listeners are so supportive of our artists our artisans however because we're so small in number it can seem like not a lot of people are are in your corner you know i always right. people, i can't go platinum in the Bahamas even if everybody buys a record because we only have 300,000 people so there's there's levels to the difficulties and i would say for as far as soca's concerned um and the bahamian soca artists our biggest challenge is injecting into the region and i feel like because we've been so far removed and maybe it's geography or maybe it's just maybe we just need to put in more work but i just feel like the rest of the region sometimes forgets we even exist and i think that's a good point you know um one of the major reasons to why we've decided to reach out is because we've realized that 
the Bahamas is often left out of the conversation most times. Yes. But in recent times, with the introduction of the carnival, and I would say your marketing and like the music videos and stuff that's come out, we realize that there is like a little bit of a scene in the Bahamas when it comes to soca. Yeah. And to that point, I want to lodge up a lot of the Bahamians in the chat right now. Yay. Um, yes, lodge up the 242 crew. Um, if you're now joining us, of course, we're here with Wendy out of the Bahamas. She's representing the big soca scene that's down there. Um, if you have a question for Wendy, just make sure to put it below in the question box and we will bring it up when it's time for the questions. So now you're coming up in the band. As you said, you've run into some challenges. And towards the start of the interview, you had mentioned that you went and did a whole 360. You started in pre-medicine and then you say, nah, this ain't for me. I go in and do music and I'm going to go study at Berkeley. So you have a bachelor's degree in music business and I think vocal training, if I'm correct. Yes. Vocal performance and music business. Nice. So what role, if any, did education play in your craft? Discipline. Going to college and going to university or any tertiary level of institution is all about discipline. It's not so much about I mean, it is about what you're learning there, but it's showing you that you have to be disciplined to get what you need to get. So I think as far as Wendy, the artist right now, I've picked up so many nuggets and, and wisdom, but the greatest thing that I picked up is discipline. I have to be in control and command of my artistry and my career. And that doesn't right. mean that I have to know everything. That's the other thing that it taught me. It taught me that, it taught me which questions to ask. You know, sometimes people are ignorant about a subject, but then there's also times when you're not only ignorant, but you don't even know how ignorant you are because you don't even know the right questions to ask. And because of my training at Berkeley, I know which questions to ask. I may not have the answer, but I know where to go and get it. I know who has the information. And I think that's really important. Right. Um... I think that's really important to note um, in terms of at least understanding that you may not know everything, but you at least know where to start in the process. And I think that a lot of artists, they're kind of still unsure on how to go about some of those things. So that, that's, I think, a great answer to the question. Let's check back into the chat and see who's here. So again, large up all the crew from the Bahamas, large up Chris. My husband wants you to ask me if Chucky. I love him. <laughs> Lodge up Dyson. Hey, hey, the husband is locked on. Lodge yes, up <laughs> Dyson, lodge up yourself. We're actually gonna I guess on that point, so Wendy, you're a mom. Yes. As well as a wife. And I know that sometimes it's challenging to balance, you know, that personal life and then of course you focusing so heavily on your career. How is it that you kind of balance the two of being a mom, but also maintaining that professional status in your career as an artist? <laughs> <laughs> it's gel. It's tough. It's tough. Um, I've been saying to everyone who asks me this question, one, I don't have a handle on it as yet. And that's the honest truth. I don't have balance yet. I'm a new mom. My, my daughter is just one year old and I'm a newlywed. I'm married just two years now. So I'm learning as I go, this balancing, I don't have it. But there are days when I get a lot of things done and there are days when I don't get anything done. 
And I'm honest enough to admit that. I, I am honest enough to admit that the things that I do get done, I won't be able to get them done without my village, without my support, without the support of my husband, my mom, my dad, my mother-in-law. Um, you have to have your village if you're going to be in this industry and be a mom. And, and that's not to say that any other woman working in any other industry doesn't need her village. But of course, in music, a lot of the things you do are at night. Um, there right. are in the hours where your child is now winding down or she requires you. And if you have a newborn baby, they're up all sorts of hours of the night. So it was really difficult for me in the first year, which is when I recorded Walkout and Weakness and Bang Bang. Um, shout out to Freddie, my producer. He is on the chat as well. So even like, even Freddie, my, my team of music, they are part of my village. They are part of my support. The understanding that Wendy has to come to the studio at one o'clock in the afternoon rather than 8 p.m. to 12 midnight. You know what I mean? Right. The understanding that Wendy can't spend six straight hours in the studio right now. She can only do about two to three hours at a time. So you just really have to have some supportive people in your corner. Definitely. And I think the support is very important, I think, for any artist, but especially those in your, um, your shoes. So um, this one is from Dyson. He asks, Wendy, do you love me? <laughs> yes, I love you. <laughs> Dyson, lodge up yourself. So I guess for those that don't know, Dyson is also an entertainer, correct? Dyson is the top male artist in the Bahamas. He is a prolific songwriter. He actually is one of the writers of Walkout. He, along with Daryl Gervais, um, he's in the Grammy award-winning band, Bahamen, who has new music out. A lot of y'all also just forget about Bahamen. Bahamen is 100% Bahamian, and they have Grammy awards, they have Billboard awards, they have Nickelodeon awards, um, and they are West Indian men doing beautiful music. Um, and so that's, that's my husband. He also, he and I also are partners in music. We were also in the band Visage, so we work together. Um, almost all of our music is either written by each other or we're featured on the music. So it's great to have a partner in music. Definitely. And I will say this, in terms of creative energies, I'm guessing at home is kind of a creative space for you, right? Because you have someone who understands you and who understands the music elements of it. Definitely. We're, so a lot of people think that during the pandemic, like all the artists are having this burst of creativity. <laughs> Not so much in the night's house, you know, it's like <laughs> almost like business as usual for us because we have a toddler. Um, you can't just be sitting down, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm inspired. Not with the toddler, she'll run and she'll rip your paper. She'll rip it up and fling it, you know. Um, but we do most of our songwriting in studio when we get together with our camp. Freddie Got Sticks, Leonardo Sniper Rogers. I see Chris Seymour's in the chat as well. That's when we do a lot of our songwriting. Um, even when Dyson wrote Walkout, he did that at 3 a.m. in the morning, you know? So wow. a lot of it, yeah, he did it, he woke up and he, was, he just wrote it. And um, so yeah, the creative process for us, we do a lot of our business planning together during this time. We've really been trying to figure out how to maneuver now in this new world where social distancing is a thing. And as Caribbean artists, we make our money from social closeness. <laughs> you know, we make our money from performances and concerts and appearances. So really trying to pivot, we've been trying to strategize and plan. 
Definitely. And I, I, the same really goes for the DJ industry as well. And I think overall in Soka. Y'all been doing when... a lot. Y'all DJs been, I was like, go on then. I mean, every night I'm seeing a platform where a DJ is performing and, and doing their thing. So shout out to y'all. Y'all are actually very inspiring to me. Thank you, Wendy. On behalf of DJs everywhere, we appreciate that. <laughs> but to the point of the lives, are you planning to do any, you know, in concert things or kind of behind the scene live soon? Yeah, we did one about a month ago for the Bahamas Ministry of Tourism, and that was really well received. Um, we had about 2,000 viewers live. And wow. the thing about the lives and the concerts is, like, for DJs, it's a little easier for y'all because y'all just have, like, one plug, and y'all have them special plugs to go into your phone. But, like, for an artist who's singing to track, I want my track and my voice to sound good and to translate. So there's a little bit more um, technical engineering that's coming into play that you have to consider the cost effectiveness of it. Right. Versus and... not receiving any revenue for a performance that you have invested money in. Right. And in a pandemic, I think it's very hard to, to get the capital to kind of put on your performances without seeing the return yes. on investment. And you don't want to damage your brand by putting on a shoddy performance, you know? I don't want to Definitely. be singing and then y'all don't even hear me correctly to even know if you like the song or not. Like, that's not a good look. Definitely. And I think that it affects the, the professionalism of it. Yes. Right. So for those who are now tuning in and the Live Love Soka, Let's Talk Soka chat, um, I see the numbers rising. We're here with Wendy out of the Bahamas. Uh, we're taking your questions, of course, right down below in the question box. So if you have any questions for Wendy, we're talking about her career, how she got started in soca music, and a bunch of other things to come. So Wendy is also well known for her music. She has a lot of great hits like Walkout, Attitude, which is one of my personal favorites, and Weakness, which came out this year. Yes. So... One thing I noticed a lot in your music, Wendy, there's like, you know how Marshall has, ha! Yeah! And Bungie has, Bruh. <laughs> What is it? No, it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Skinny Fabulous has, ah, Yeah. So all of that is considered what we call in the industry sonic branding. Yes. So when it comes to your music now, Wendy, you have something that's called What You Know About It. It's Wendy. What You Know About It. That's it. Yes. So in terms of that and, you know, the, the sonic branding, how did you come up with this branded signature in your music? Because it's not so common, I realize. But a lot, of, a lot of the popular artists it is. But in terms of regionally, it's still something that a lot of artists haven't tapped into, but you have. Yes. So tell us about that. And I did that very early on. I'm talking about like, so before Soka and before Caribbean music, I also did R&B and pop. And, and only up until very recently, like since I gave birth to my daughter, I've not had the time to go and do my pop projects. I would always do um, a pop R&B project concurrent with my Soka singles. And I had my tags in there from a long time. So I'll tell you the story. This was years ago. This had to be about 10 years now that I've had this tag. 
Um, and I created this tag in studio with my current engineer and producer, Leonardo Sniper Rogers. He and another producer, shout out to the HD boys. I was fresh from Berkeley and I was just writing music, writing music for song placement. And this was a track, I wrote a song and the hook was actually, what you know about it? That was the hook of the song. And then we sent this song for review for song placement. And I don't remember who the producer was, but he loved the hook so much. Like he loved it. Right. He was like, who is that? Who is that? And that's all he was interested in, the hook. And that's how that came about. Like from there, I started always saying my name because I had a goal that in the Bahamas, I wanted when you think about top female songs and female artists, I wanted you to know my name. I wrote that down. I want them to know my name. And I always want them to associate top artistry with Wendy. And right. so now, literally, people will come up to me and they would say, it's Wendy, because I put that in every song. And I always put, what you know about it? So that's where that tie came from. That's actually a hook line in a song that I wrote many years ago. Wow, and you see how it's paying off many years yes. later? Yes. But um, it, it was such wisdom on the part of my producer at the time to say, you know what, we need to start tagging our music. We need to be um, authentic. We need to be original. People need to know it's us. People need to know it's you. And, you know, of course, producers have been doing it forever. You know, you got the Sean Garretts and everyone, you know their tag. And you don't even know that it's their tag. You sing in a song and you say, turn the lights on. And you don't even know why you sang that. That has nothing to do with the song. That's <laughs> Sean Garrett's tag. So that's kind of where I got that from. Right. And I mean, it's, it's pretty smart. And I think that it helps a lot with the marketing of the, the artists as well in terms of that brand and bringing it to another level where it's in the minds of the people. But I just want to go back for a second to something you spoke about when it comes to the hook. For a lot of us locked in that's not music illiterate, could you define what a hook is for, for those that may not know? The hook is that part of the song that is going to be repeated at least more than once. At least more than twice, I'm sorry. Um, it's different from the chorus. The chorus tends to be a little bit more verbose. The chorus may have four lines, whereas the hook is one line that's repeated, perhaps. So a song could have a verse, a chorus, and a hook. And that hook is normally what the name of the song is. Normally. Right. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for that. And I'm sure the chat, chat is thanking you as well. <laughs> so going back now, you had this conversation with the producer, right? And one of the big takeaways from this conversation is that, you know, the Bahamas needs the sound. And you yourself said that when we're thinking the Bahamas and you're thinking one of the top vocalists, you wanted them to think Wendy. Now, as what I presume to be one of the major ambassadors for the Bahamas, who are some other artists that we should look out for in the Bahamas? I know we mentioned Dyson earlier and his connection to Bahamas. And I can mention but... him again, Dyson Knight. <laughs> Go and follow him at DysonKnight at gmail.com or DysonKnight.com, I'm sorry. He is brand new music. Um, so, and I will list a handful of other artists uh, in the soca genre that I think are making waves. I have to shout out my bro, Julian Believe. He is doing yes. amazing things. He is all over the world, really just um, flying the flag of the Bahamas and his beautiful music. Patrice Morel, who currently has a song with 
Swappy. It's a beautiful song. She's also in the Four Dub camp. Um, also, I'm going to say Rick Carey, who is also a member of Bahamian. He has what he calls Rebel Rake and Scrape. So it's our Rake and Scrape, but it's like grungier, almost like a hip hop version of our Rake and Scrape. Oh. You need to hear that. That's beautiful. Um, and also, I'm going to say Bodine Victoria, who has a, like a Calypsonian vibe and a storytelling vibe. So those are the people that I'm going to ask for you guys to go and research and get to know some of our Bahamian artists. Nice. And Olive, make sure to check it out because Bohemian Soka, it's, it's going to get there. It's already on the map. And when you stream and when you listen to the music, it helps support artists in the Caribbean that's looking to break out into even bigger and better things. And we cool. need support because, um, like I said, we do have a challenge in that we aren't as close to the region as the other Caribbean countries. You know, we're not even in the Caribbean Sea. We're in the Atlantic Ocean, guys. Right. Um, it's it's a 30-minute ride to Florida for us, but a two-hour plane ride to Trinidad or Jamaica. So it's not as easy for me to fly down to these islands and actually shake hands with DJs and network and do radio promotions. So I believe that's one of the reasons why our injection has been a bit slow. But we are trying, and we would really love to have the support of the wider soaker region. Nice. And let's just check the chat one more time again. Large up. I see there's a lot of Bohemian support. They love you, Wendy. Uh, large up Chris that's in the chat. Large up the world is rich. Dyson, as usual. Chucky. And many others. Again, if you have any questions for Wendy, be sure to put them in the question box and we will get to it very soon. But um, let's take it back again. So... Towards the beginning, you oh, mentioned... Oh, yeah. They want to know what's in your yellow cup. Oh. <laughs> the, the magical question. Um, I am drinking a rum out of um, this beautiful island of Trinidad and Tobago. Ah. I thought White you were going to say Johnny Walker because y'all are drinking no. that like water. <laughs> no. Um, I love Johnny Walker, but... Whenever I can, I try to drink, you know, the local rum. So there's white oak rum, which is a really popular rum. In, uh, I love white uh, oak. That's my drink. When I on seriously? Road, when I on the road in Trinidad, I have two white oaks and one Smirnoff. That's, that's my drink. And I didn't get to try the, the white oak sorrel, which I know is new. But I think it's probably oh, delicious. You don't like that? Yeah. Uh, yes, I like the white oak coconut a little bit more, but the sorrel is just as good. I see someone in the chat asking, what's white oak? See, we don't know. It's because we're so far. We're so far. We don't have oh, white man. oak in, the, in this country. We don't have that. So what, okay, so then to that point, what is like a very popular alcoholic beverage in the Bahamas? What's the signature Kalek. rum? Kalek. Oh, signature rum? Mm -hmm. You should ask some of these people. Because I don't know what the signature rum is. I think the signature rum is coconut rum. No, no, no. Bacardi. Is it Bacardi for the Bahamas? We really like Bacardi. But it's not local. Our local signature rum, we have a, a distillery called... Um, what's it called, guys? Let's anyway, see. We, have a local, we have a local distillery that brews rum. Mm -hmm. like, the name is not coming to me right now. But Bahamians love Kalik, which is a bear. And we have a bear called Collect Gold, which has rum in it. Right. That I'm not going to play with. And we also like 
We like Bacardi. We like Bacardi products. Okay, so I'm seeing John a lot Watlings, of Bacardi here. That's the name. Okay. So we have a local distillery called John Watlings that distills their own rum, which is pretty good. All right. Then in that case, I can't wait to have some of that in my cup for the next time we link up. When we... Yes. <laughs> yeah. So going back again, you spoke a lot about the challenges you had coming up. And one that you really noted was, you know, and you, you didn't even hint at it, you directly said it, being a woman in what is a very male-dominated industry. Yeah. So for a lot of the women and young girls that is tuned in right now that's watching, what's a piece of advice you would give to them as, you know, they might be interested in coming into the industry, but they're not sure how to get started and how to go about it? So... I was fortunate enough to join the band Visage, and one of the highlights of that is that I was the only female in that band surrounded by 10 to 12 guys. And there's safety right. in that. So in, if, you're, if you're a female artist and you're coming into the soga industry, there is, of course, a certain expectation about your look and the way you move, okay? You know, we could be real, this is industry talk. The appeal and the visual is a part of your package. So a lot of times, female artists are going to be in, on stage scantily clad. So that's something that uh, uh, I would warn about, warn a female artist um, to make sure that you have safety around you, around your team. Um, and I don't want to sound like you could only find that safety in a male person, but right. it's not bad to have. I always felt protected when I had my visage um, brothers around me because I would be on stage in a panty, you know, and not everybody in the audience can differentiate the difference between your stage persona and who you are when you come off the stage. So it was good to be surrounded by, by your brothers. So that's one of the, the advice I would give. I would also say that as a female in the industry, we need to maintain our integrity. Maintain your integrity, ladies, okay? Stop flirting with all kind of people for a trap. Y'all setting us back when y'all do that. There's, listen, Rosa Parks needs to sit down on that bus for that, okay? We need to maintain our integrity in the industry, and that's the only way we can really earn our seat at the table and really go head-to-head -head with our male counterparts who've been doing a phenomenal job in the industry, okay? So that's my advice. Well said. Well, suddenly professionalism. I think a lot of people who are tuned in right now are very happy to hear that advice. I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of positive comments. So I'm glad you brought that up in terms of the professionalism and how to carry yourself in this industry. Where do you see soca music kind of going? Because I know that you, you've dabbled in it for some time, and I know that you've noticed, too, that the lyrics and everything is changing from kind of like that jump and wave to touching more of the diverse topics in Soka. For I love you, that. where do you see it going? I love that. I love that the content is steering away solely from the festival of carnival to more commercial appeal. And I think not only does Soka music need that, I think the whole Caribbean, the whole Caribbean diaspora, we need more of that because we have the Drake's and the, uh, what's, that, what's that girl who sing all about that bass? Megan Trainor. Be it the Drakes and the Megan Trainors and be it the Justin Bieber singing Caribbean music. I don't want y'all sleep. These tracks are Caribbean tracks. 
I yes. swear Drake, in one of his songs, I swear he said, don't do it, please don't do it. That's a Bahamian term. I swear he get that from someone in the Bahamas because we have a lot of Bahamas in Canada. Um, so in order for us to start to reap the benefits of what other people are reaping, we need to really become more commercialized. So I love that Marshall put out this year, his I Love You song. I thought right. that was so beautiful and so commercial, but still so authentically Caribbean. And I, I try to do that in my music. My husband has been an advocate for that for years now. He would say, you know what, let's shy away from using such um, uniquely festival type lyrics and let's try to open up Let's try to open up the content so that not only um, someone who is going to a Caribbean festival can enjoy it, but if you're at a Coachella, you can enjoy it. Or if you're at one of the European festivals, you can enjoy it. Right. And with that, I think, too, the music kind of helps get that global appeal and that global sound. What I will note on one of the artists that you mentioned, the Megan Trainer, I think her uncle is also from Trinidad yes. and Tobago. So. Yes, yes. But mind you, she makes a big deal about loving soca music. She always talks about loving Cassie's music and things like that. But like, you can hear these songs that are on the top of the Billboard charts, and you can, you can hear the soca influence. And that's not to say that the rest of their consumers even knows that it's soca music. They don't know that. They think it's pop music. And I'm like, no. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, some of them go on to win numerous awards and perform in these various shows. But that's not to say that you haven't dabbled in that either. I know that you also have a lot of recognition in this industry and you've won a lot of awards. Could you tell a lot of us who, who are locked in what awards and recognition that you've received during your time? Sure. So I am the current recipient of the International Soka Award for Music Video <laughs> for Music Video of the Year Female, as well as Soka Performer of the Year Female. I was up against some heavy hitters, so I was really, really blessed to receive that award. I've also received the International Soka Award for 2018 for Music Video of the Year for the song that you love, Attitude. I also have a Hollywood Music and Media Award for Attitude for Outstanding Dance Track. Um, and in the room that night when I received that award was Diane Warren. So if you guys are musicologists, wow. Diane Warren is the pinnacle of songwriting. Um, and some of the winners that night was, um, what's that movie called again? Black Panther. Yes. So the Hollywood Music and Media Award is like the prequel to the SAG Awards and the Emmys and things like that. So I went to LA. I was pregnant at the time. Did not think I was going to win. I was sleepy. I was jet lagged. And they, they called my name and I was like, ah, oh my God. So that was really cool. And I also have awards here in the Bahamas, Bahamian Icon Award and numerous Elevation Awards. Wow. See, we, we are in the presence of super royalty here with Wendy. <laughs> No one has ever said that to me before, Jill. How much hey. money I owe you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, though, um, and this is a personal note outside of Live Love Soka, I think that in order for our industry to grow, we have to see each other as the kings and queens that we are. Until we start doing that and start treating each other with respect, 
our music wouldn't really go anywhere. That's really cool. Thank you. Of course. So, and we're going to wrap it up in just a bit and take questions if there's any in the box. Um, I know that in addition to your artistry and of course being a mom and the millions of other things that you're juggling, you're also very big on charity. Yeah. So I know you love giving back to the community. Could you share like what are some of the activities that you're currently involved in? Um, so I am, I am predominantly passionate about this project here in the Bahamas called The Music Project. Hey. It's a high school band competition, and the objective is to bring pop bands back into the high schools. And I have to make the distinction about the pop band because in our country, Junkanoo is more marching band style with the trumpets and the tuba and, and, and orchestra type sounds. But what we missed out on is pop bands, the rhythm section, which would be the keys, the bass, uh, the guitar, the singer, the five-piece band that we, that we know right right and what tmp does is uh, we have an after school program where we pair all of the high schools with musical mentors here in the bahamas um nassau and the rest of the islands and then we create a competition where at the end of the year they compete and the winner the, the band that wins gets to go off to berkeley um to the five-week summer program and i have been loving it i've been the chair of the committee for mentorship and education I love doing it. We actually had to take a break this year, not because of the pandemic, but because of Hurricane Dorian, because Hurricane Dorian hit us in September and our program starts in October. So it really was, me and nothing was ready to go because all of the islands were really reeling. So hopefully next year, 2021, we come back strong. Um, if the schools reopen for 2024, We'll start again. But my husband and I are really, really passionate about giving back, especially to the young people. Of course, they will turn into your fans. I love to see my husband go into the primary schools. They the most turn up audience you're ever going to get. Those children in the preschools and, and grade one, two, three, and four. Um, so that's some of the charities that I'm involved, involved in. I love uh, pouring into the hearts of women. I love that. That's why all my music is so encouraging and empowering to, to women. Um, I don't take it for granted that so many young ladies look up to me. I'm constantly in my inbox responding to young ladies. And I think as a Bahamian, because we, we don't really glorify the non-traditional careers, I think they look at me and they say, wow, she's making it as a singer and I can sing. And my mommy tell me, my mommy tell me I can't be you no know, singer, but Wendy is a singer. So I think they look at me, they look up to me, and I, I don't lie to them. I said, listen, it's hard. Hard. Okay. Um, but I think I, I don't take that job lightly. Nice. Um, I do think what you're doing with the music project is a great job and very important. Children are the future. And it's good to the, that the next generation learns the basics when it comes to music. And that's that's and one giving of the them things. that path. That's one of the things that drew me to TMP. I realized that we had a generational gap in our, in our musicians. So I would be looking for um, a, a guitar player for, let's say I have a show coming up um, and I'm not using Visage. And I would be like, okay, I need the best guitar player. And it'll be, okay, Mr. Colin McDonald or Mr. Pat Carey who are in their 60s. And then there's nobody else. So there was like a whole 40 year gap of musicians that were missing 
Um, so that really was something that I thought was very strange and unfortunate because my band leader, Obi Pinley, told me when he was in high school in Musty, the 60s, every, every school had pop bands. And that wasn't the case anymore. So it, it's really a cool project. Definitely. And I think, too, the, the Ministry of Tourism in the Bahamas and probably the arts will also appreciate this project because it gives a platform for more Bahamians to get that exposure for the country. And also, like you said, it, it brings the art to a place of superstardom because these kids are now on a, a multi-million-dollar like, stage with lights and, and great sound, and we require them to do original music. We require them to do break and scrape music, and, and, and it just glorifies the whole industry and really gives you something to look up to. Right. Great. So that is the music project. Could you just give us the handles and the website in case someone wants to learn more about it or even become a part of the program? Yeah, sure. It's T-M-P Bahamas. T is in Tom, M is in Mary, P is in Park Bahamas. You just Google that and you'll find it. Awesome. Cool. So Wendy, um, you had a great 2020 season in the sense that you dropped a lot of great music and you're even on a rhythm with Kess. Yes. So what was it like working on the, the Good Feels project and Walkout? I know earlier you mentioned that your husband Dyson helped write the song. Yeah. What was it like to, to be on a project of that stature? So I was introduced to, um, well, let me back up. Daryl Gervais actually contacted me um, as a songwriter wanting to work with me and I researched him and I realized that he had written so many great songs that we love for Kess, for Patrice Roberts and I was like okay sure yeah okay let's do this <laughs> and then um, he wrote Weakness him and Krista Vaughn another songwriter which is produced by Starby Productions and that's how I met DJ Kingston. DJ Kingston um, mixed and mastered the project. And, and my manager and I we were like, Kingston, Kingston, we want one rhythm. What's the problem? We want one rhythm. And we were saying that, saying that, saying that, right? And it wasn't until like the last minute, Kingston was like, yeah, I got you. I got your rhythm. I can't do a Trini accent that good. Sorry. I tried. And right. this was during Uber Soka Cruise. And so once he sent the track, um, Dyson and Daryl got together. They wrote the song. I recorded it pretty quickly. And this would have been in Ubersoft is November. I think it would have been beginning of November. Right. And again, this is coming off of Hurricane Dorian. So there was a lot still going on with me emotionally. Um, but I was, and also being a new mom. But again, the support from my husband and my mom and, and also Freddie and, and, and letting me come in studio. Hey, Barry, hi. Shout out to Barry, hi. <laughs> Kingston, yes. Hey, Lodge up Barry and Lodge up Kingston. Kingston. <laughs> We're talking about him and he pops up in the chat. <laughs> I know you would get some money today. You just call your name. And so we recorded the song, but I didn't know when it was coming out. Kingston dropped that song on Christmas Eve. And we were like, what? what? I was like, okay, I guess, I guess we're doing this. And the song, I loved the song from the moment. Dyson and Daryl completed it. I recorded it. Daryl was like, mm, Wendy, I don't believe you like that. I had to go back and put more energy into it. And um, that's the way that came together. And then come the end of December, 
uh, Margaret's and IC Marketing, she was in love with Weakness, the song Weakness. And I was like, yeah, but I think Walkout is the one because that's the one on the rhythm. I was so honored that the rhythm was featuring Cass as well. So she was like, listen, we got to record this music video. And we recorded that in January. We released it in February. And then the pandemic happened in March. <laughs> uh, so it yeah. goes. But yeah. I do believe there's a bigger and higher power as to why this is happening. But since we have the song in the background, we're going we're gonna to tease just a little clip. Would you like to introduce it first, Wendy? Of course. I would love to introduce this to the Live Love Soca audience. Everybody who's listening is going to be able to see this in the future. This is the big tune on the Good Feels Rhythm, the only female artist on the Good Feels Rhythm, straight from the Bahamas. It's your girl, Wendy, with Walk Out. Walk up for them. Soca, soca, soca. Walk up them. All my ladies, walk up for them. Wine and give them confidence. Run it. the wine on there. Watch the wine. <laughs> That was a little tease of Wendy's walk out on the Good yes. Feels Rhythm, yes. produced by the very own Kingston in the chat right now. Hey. So, Wendy, we want to thank you so much for joining us today and thank sharing you. your oh insight. Oh, you only have like two minutes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it flies. So, is there anything you want to say to anyone locked in right now? I just really want you guys to go and check out the Good Feels Rhythm, all the songs on the Good Feels Rhythm. Please go on my YouTube.com and check out this video that's playing in the background. Like it, share it. Um, and y'all watch out for me when the pandemic over, okay? I come in to perform on somebody's stage when this pandemic over. Yes. <laughs> Wendy, large up yourself. Everyone in the chat from the Bahamas, from the 242, much love, much thanks for tuning in. Uh, check out Wendy's music on YouTube, on SoundCloud, and wherever you stream. And we'll see you all there on Monday for the GBM Neutron interview of Let's hey, Talk hey, Soka. Hey. Thank you, stay girl. safe. Wendy, much love. Bye. All right.
Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll see all you on Monday for GBM Neutron in the Let's Talk Soka series. All this stay safe, and we will link again soon.